You know, I don't know if I've ever um, sung that song without, while I'm singing it, reminiscing on my life. Because that just, as it says, it's you have been good to me all my life. You have been faithful and you're running after me. Your goodness is running after me. And um, so immediately I can't help but go back to when I was 11 years old. The first time I ever sensed God, the first time I ever experienced God really coming after me. And then that's when I surrendered my life to him. And the craziest thing is ever since 11 year old, you guys know any 11 year olds? Ever since I was 11 years old, God was in me and real to me. Now, again, I didn't follow him for eight, of the, eight more years, <laughs> even though I had received him. I struggled in my teenage years to do that. But then at 19, his goodness kept running after me, and it kept running after me. And then when I was 19, I surrendered, like we just sang, and I surrendered everything to him. And man, the experience of God, this actually knowing God became so real to me and so deeply passionate in me. Yes, I wanted to teach high school and coach football. It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> but when God, I gave my life to him and he said, no, I want you to do something else. From that day and from the moment we opened the doors here at K2, the church, I've had this deep-seated passion to help other people actually experience God. I so want you to know him deeply and intimately. And through my years, 32 years now, 33 actually coming up, of doing this, it's been crazy to me to walk into churches and see people who come to church and know God, gnosis him, they know about God, but they actually have never actually experienced God, gnosko him. And that's my passion. So that's why we're doing this series, we're kicking off 2020, because it's the most important thing that we could talk about. So in the first passage, uh, first message, we talked about the fact that Jesus is eternal life. It says the eternal life appeared. We've seen him. Jesus is it. And so then Jesus says, eternal life is when you know me. (laughs) When you experience me because I am eternal life. I am the fullness of joy and the fullness of peace and all the wisdom and all the... I am life. And so when you get in me, when I'm in you, and that's what baptism is. Baptism is a, a reception. It's the celebration of the reception of Jesus into your life. And then you're in him. That's eternal life, that you know him. Do you? Do you know him? And then we get second week, we talk about how do you do that? How do I actually get Jesus into my life? And how do I get into his life? And the verse says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The most important thing all through the scripture is faith. See, because you can learn things about God and never know him, never experience him. But I'm telling you this, if you put your faith in him and faith without action is dead, it means you take a step and you trust him, then you experience him. So we talked about you've got to have faith and then you've got to love him. Love is made complete in a relationship when you receive love and when you give it back. That's how you know somebody deeply and intimately. So that's why faith and love are the most important things. And then Jesus says this fantastic thing. You don't live, scripture tells us, on bread alone. You live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if you're going to have a relationship with somebody, right, that means you got to have some conversation going on. And God is telling us, listen, you live, you come alive from my word to you. And so last week, Derek talked about the scripture. 
The scripture is one way and in such an important way that God actually speaks to us. And when we take his word and we hold to it, as Jesus said, you hold to my teaching. He goes, then you know, gnosko, experience the truth and the truth sets you free. So you've got to actually get in his word. Now, I, I, for me, the most important thing I have done for the last 30 some years is get a practice of being in his word on a daily basis. Because I live when I receive his word. And it's available to me every day. And I'm so excited Derek told me that 192 of you committed to doing a 30-day challenge with the Bible. That's awesome. Yeah, man, clap for that. That's super cool. So now today, we're going to keep going. Last message on this one. Because the Bible isn't the only word that God has given us. Today we're going to learn that we live on every word that comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, true worshipers worship me in spirit and in truth. When you read the Bible, you know the truth and you do the truth. And guess what? You follow his commands and you experience it. You put your faith in those. But I'm telling you, man, my life, there were so many things that were not in the Bible that God had to actually lead me in, to tell me what to do, to, to, to lead me to go to Asbury College, to lead me into ministry, to lead me to pursue Susie, to lead me to plant K2 the church. See, those things weren't in the Bible. But here's the crazy thing. God says in his word, he goes, I know the plans I have for for you. And I've been looking for the gospel of Dave, and I have not found it yet. If it was in there, wouldn't that be awesome? You just like a devotional? Okay, great. February 2nd. It's not in there. But it's in there. He says, in Psalm 139, David said, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, so the Holy Spirit, God knows your life. And I'm telling you, man, you live. You come alive when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and you put your faith in what he says and you love him and you follow him. And so that's where we're going at today. And so can I just pray for us? Let me just pray. Because, because here's, here's the deal. Um, I'm going to teach a lot today. I have a lot of stuff that I think it's really important. Your program is filled with a bunch of notes or your app if you want to get that. Because there's just some stuff you've got to know about hearing the voice of God. Because God wants you to live. And it is about relationship. It is about relationship. And there's a living God who's ready to speak to you even today. Isn't that cool? This is so cool. I'm going to like, I love when you guys tell me, so I'll go out there and you guys will be like, man, it's like you were speaking right to me. And I always go, yeah, he was. Because he knows what you need to hear today. All right? So let's ask him to do it. Father, thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you really actually created us to be in a living, loving relationship with you. That we can know you today. That we can experience you today. We can hear your voice today. So God, I ask you right now in Jesus' name, make your word come alive. Speak to our hearts. Shine your light into our hearts so we can see the light of your glory in the face of Christ. Renew our minds. Teach us things we didn't know today. Correct some thinking that's wrong today. 
And train us today, God. Equip us today to know how to hear your voice. Because if we do, and we follow you, we're going to come alive. I'm asking that you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let's just establish this. John chapter 10. Jesus is speaking. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Again, this is gnosko. I know this is, if you weren't here, gnosko is a, a Greek word that means experiential knowing. It's a relational knowing. Gnosis is the other word for learning about things. Jesus is say, not saying, my sheep know about me. He goes, no, my sheep experience me. <laughs> they know me and I know them. Fascinating. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Come on, man. Just as? That's, that's, that's intimate. <laughs> the Father and Jesus are one. And he's saying, the scripture tells us, that if you have Christ inside you, you are one in spirit with him. So you can know Jesus the same way that Jesus and the Father know each other. And then he says this, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. So there's three things really quick that Jesus is saying about you. So just, here's what's cool. If you actually are a Christian, which means you're someone who puts your faith in Jesus Christ, you believe he was a son of God, and you're trusting him completely as your savior to forgive you of all your sin, and you receive the Holy Spirit inside you. You are born of his spirit. You are born. You're a child of God, okay? He goes, if that's true, you're my sheep. And if you're my sheep, what, what, what's, it true about, what's true about you? You hear his voice. You hear his voice. It's just part of the deal. How can you have a relationship with someone you can't hear his voice? So you hear his voice. Then what's, uh, what's the second thing that's true about you? What do you do? Okay, three of you follow him. That's cool. If the rest of us did, it'd be awesome. You hear his voice, and my sheep actually follow me. And then what does Jesus do when you follow him? He gives you eternal life, which means what? He goes, that's me. I give you me. I give you me. You and I experience each other. We share our lives together, and that's eternal life. So you hear my voice. So this is super important for us to, to learn this, you guys. Because if you're not hearing his voice, okay, then a couple things. Like some of you are here and you're checking out Christianity. This is not, this is, I hope this is good news to you. It's not religion. Isn't that awesome? It is not you trying to be a better person and impress God. It's you receiving his spirit who now speaks to you and guides you and leads you and empowers you to actually say yes to God. So here's what I'm telling you, man. We, listen to this. He's saying, I'll give you eternal life if you listen and follow me. We come alive when we pay attention to his voice. You come alive. You get eternal life when you pay attention to his voice. All right? So now I'm going to teach. So put your seatbelt on, and we're going to go through this fast, because there's a ton of stuff I want to make sure you understand. Number one, how does the Holy Spirit speak? How do we actually hear his voice? Dallas Willard, genius philosophy professor at University of Southern California, said this. 
of all the ways in which a message comes from within the experience of the person addressed. In other words, what he's saying is, out of all the ways that the, the people heard God in the Bible, and there were some crazy ones, like burning bushes, right, and angels showing up, and visions, and dreams, and all these things. He says about all the ways, the form of one's own thoughts and attendant feelings is the most common path for hearing God, for those who are living in harmony with God. The most common way that we hear God is in our thoughts. This is really important, okay? So I, let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So here we go, right there. There's the key. God is thinking stuff. He has thoughts. And he's always working. So he's always working. He's always thinking. But nobody can actually know what God is thinking except the spirit of God. And then it says, what we have received is not the spirit of the world. We receive the spirit who's from God. And the spirit from God knows the thoughts of God. So that we may understand what God has freely given us. This, now listen to this, this is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Spirit. Explaining spiritual realities with spiritual taught words. Okay? So right there, how does God actually speak to us? You know, what's going on right now? What's going on? I'm speaking. That's what's happening right now, just in case you... And you know what I'm speaking? What am I speaking? Yeah, my words, which are my thoughts. So God has thoughts, and he wants to communicate them to you. So he puts his spirit inside you, because the spirit's the only one who knows the thoughts of God. So really quick, quit trying to figure out God. Because you're never going to get him right, ever. You have to receive the spirit of God so he can actually tell you who he is. My Jesus, and then Jesus says, and my sheep hear my voice. A voice speaks words. They hear words. Now, can I just tell you, I have never heard an audible voice of God, ever. But I can tell you this, man, since I was 11 years old, I have had thoughts constantly coming to me. And that's what we're going to talk about. And we're going to explain how we can know what those are. So the first thing you need to understand, though, is even while I'm speaking today, you're going to be thinking, you're going to be, and then every once in a while, thoughts will come. And God is actually giving you what he wants to say to you. And there are ideas, there are words that come right here in your mind. Okay? A couple other things. When you read the scripture, especially the New Testament, there are two things that you see how the Spirit of God usually speaks. Number one, number two in our list, he gives thoughts. Second one is he gives wisdom. He gives wisdom. Colossians 1.9, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. See, this, God gives you his Spirit so that he can give you wisdom. What's wisdom? Wisdom is when you know what to do. Is that right? When you know what to do. You, you have knowledge, but you actually apply the knowledge into action. That's what wisdom is. 
And so James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. <laughs> Can I just ask you, how many of you have ever not known what to do? Okay? And then how many of you got together with someone and said, and you heard, well, let's pray about it. How many of you prayed when you didn't know what to do? Okay? Can I ask you a question? When you prayed and asked God to know what to do, how are you going to find out what to do? He reveals it. The only way he can do that is he must give you ideas. Did he give you an idea? See, that's how he works. He actually gives you thoughts. And so when you don't know what to do, he says, then ask me and I will give it to you. And the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God. He knows what to do and he'll give you the wisdom. Third thing, the way he speaks to us is he leads us. Now remember this, you guys, we come alive when we pay attention to his voice. Man, when you need to know what to do, by the way, and you actually ask for wisdom and then you do it and you actually step out, you know what happens? You experience God. You take faith in the wisdom he's given you and you come alive because you're walking with Jesus, okay? But then he leads us. Look at this. Acts, there are so many. I didn't have, uh, so many. Acts 13, two through four. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit did what? Said. The Holy Spirit spoke and he said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and they sent them off. And the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to, I don't know how to say that, Seleucia, and sailed from there to Cyprus. I'm telling you, this is all over the place. In Acts, the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Okay? While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are, are looking for you. Get up and go downstairs and don't hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. What's going on here? You know, Peter wasn't reading the Old Testament and going, okay, should I go downstairs? Because it's not in the Old Testament if he should go downstairs. The Spirit told him, go downstairs. The Spirit wanted to save the Ethiopian eunuch, so he said, Philip, go to that chariot. The Holy Spirit, once you receive him, here's what's cool, God's working, man. He loves people and he wants great things to happen. And so he gives you ideas and he tells you what to do and he leads you and he guides you. And can I just tell you something? When a word comes from the Holy Spirit to you of something you're supposed to do and you actually have faith and you love him and you follow him, you know what happens? You come alive. You come alive. And this was the thing that I couldn't see when I first got into, like, because that's what I did. I gave up everything. I surrendered everything to follow. I put all my faith in him. And then the Holy Spirit came and he started leading me and guiding me. And then I ran into Christians who knew a lot about God, but they weren't alive. And I want to say, you come alive. Jesus said, you live on every word that comes from me. So, man, the Spirit is leading us, and I want to encourage that for you. He knows the plans he has for you, all right? And by the way, he leads us in big decisions, but, man, he also leads us in tiny little things, too. He really does. Just sometimes I feel like God will be speaking to me, and I'll be with somebody, and I'll I'll feel like there's a question I'm supposed to ask somebody. Then do it. Sometimes, ever anybody just get laid on your heart? That's how we'll say it. That's how I say it. Like, man, I can't stop thinking about you. Why am I thinking about this person? Um, because the Holy Spirit 
And this has happened to me so many times where I'll just finally go, all right. Hey, dude, I just want to let you know. You're on my mind. I'll, I'll get a text back and go, I can't believe you just texted me. I can't believe you just reached out to me. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows the thoughts of God and God knows every one of you in this room. And he knows every person and he wants to love and minister to every person. But the way he usually does it is he tells somebody else. I always say this, it's like you get a thorn in your, in your, in your uh, foot and the head of the church, Jesus goes, fingers, go down, pull out the thorn. See, he's doing that kind of stuff to us all the time. He's leading us. He's putting people on our heart and our mind. He's giving us ideas. He's saying, stop watching TV. Do something different. Anyway, he leads you, all right? That's how the Holy Spirit speaks. When does he speak? When does the Holy Spirit speak? When we draw near to him. The Bible's very clear. You draw near to me, he says, I'll draw near to you. So let's get near. So number one, when does the Spirit speak? When you're reading scripture. When you're actually hearing scripture, God's going to speak to you. Look at Hebrews 4.12. The word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. You guys, so even today, okay, so this, this happens corporately. Every time I share scripture with you, it says it's alive. Why? Because it's the word of God. And God's eternal. So when his word speaks, it's not bound by time. His word is spoken and it's valuable for all time. And then the spirit takes the word of God. And that's why you sit in here and you say, man, I feel like you were speaking to me. And I say, yes, he was. Okay? So you got to hear the scripture. And but by the way, one meal a week is never going to make you very strong. And that's why you got to make an effort, man. Get up. And spend time, and I won't go into this because Derek hit this last week, but I'm telling you, when you read the Bible and you learn how to do it as a relationship and not with our Western mind trying to figure out God, but instead listening to him humbly, he'll speak to you. So get in his word. Second, when does he speak to us? Second one, when you're in prayer. Okay, when you're in prayer. Prayer is how we converse with God. We did a whole series on it, so I'm not going to touch it. But if you need to, go back. Mike did a, Rutledge did a great job on this very issue of hearing God in prayer. But again, prayer is supposed to be a conversation. Not just spitting stuff to him and saying amen and then leaving. But learning how to hear him in the conversation. And then the third way that we hear him, or, or I'm sorry, the third way when, when the Holy Spirit speaks is anytime he wants. Anytime he wants. You, you can be driving down the road and all of a sudden an idea will pop in your head. All of a sudden you'll have a thought. You can be in the middle of a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden a thought will come. Ask them this question. Oh, okay. Try it. Try following the thoughts that come to you. All right? Because the Holy Spirit, if you're a follower of Jesus, he says, then you're my sheep. And if you're my sheep, I'm speaking to you. And you hear my voice. And then you follow me. And if you follow me, and you do what I say when I speak to you, you're going to come alive. You're going to have eternal life. Because we come alive, you guys, when we pay attention to his voice. All right? Now, let's get into the fun stuff. But how can I tell if it's God's voice? Right? Isn't this the question? 
This is the question, okay? So let me just rip through this really quickly. Number one, you can tell if it's God's voice by the content of his voice, okay? John 16, 13, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Here's what I mean by content. Some of you guys could come up to me one time and you could say, hey, you wouldn't believe what Susie said. Well, if it said, if it was something really gross and disgusting and evil, I, what would I say? She didn't say that. <laughs> she didn't say that. Cause I, why? Because I know her. And I know that that didn't come from that mouth. Here's what you need to understand. God, the Spirit of God, will never say anything to you that contradicts Scripture. Ever. Okay? And I'm telling you, I hear, I hear this all the time. 32 years of doing ministry, people tell, well, I really feel like God wants me to do this. It's like, well, okay, well, let me just show you right in the Bible where he says don't. Okay? And you know, can I just tell you? Probably about 80% of the people follow what? What they think God told them instead of what the Bible says. Can I just tell you this? If God, little g, O-D, is telling you to do something and the Bible says don't do it, run, flee, and don't listen to it. You will know if it's his voice by the content of his voice and the content will always match what's in scripture. Okay? Number two, the spirit of his voice. Well, the spirit of his voice. What does God desire more than anything else? What does he desire more than anything else? He wants relationship with you. That's what he wants. He wants you. He told us, I want you. I want to love you. I want you to receive my love. And then I want you to love me back. And I want you to love each other. Right? Everything else I say, everything Jesus said, the whole law Hangs on those two things. Just love me. Let's be in a love relationship right here. And let's love each other right here. So, see, when you know that, then when the Spirit of God speaks, there's a spirit to his voice that will always lead you into that type of relationship. Okay? Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So in other words, when the, God, when the Spirit of God is speaking to you, it's going to be like that. And it's going to move you to do that. Can I just real quick, here's a, here, here's a few things of his Spirit. Number one, it'll always be a Spirit of unity. Okay? Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit. Jesus died on the cross to make us one with God the Father and to make us one with each other. So when the Spirit's speaking, you guys, it will always be to bring us together. Even when you see something in somebody's life that's not right, right? Which, which we, so what you, you, you do, the Spirit will also help you say, man, I see something in this person and it's not right. You know what happens though? Jesus says, problem because usually when we see somebody that's not doing something right, he says, instead of taking the speck out gently, you take a beam and go, and you whack them with it. And you know what that's called? It's called self-righteousness. You actually look at other people and you go, golly, you're, not, you're doing that wrong. And you elevate yourself. 
And if you have a beam and your self-righteous judgment when you see something wrong in someone's life, guess what? You'll never, Jesus says, you'll never be able to take the speck out of that person's eye. What a bummer. The Spirit helped you to see the speck. But if the Spirit's speaking to you, he'll never say, now whack them with it. The Spirit will say, hey, just remember, you are messed up too. Okay? You're saved from all your sin too. So get out your little Kleenex and twist it as tiny as you can and be really gentle and help the person. And then you know what happens? The person feels loved by you and it leads to unity. When the Spirit speaks, it'll be a spirit of unity. Second one, it'll be a spirit of conviction. John 16, 8, when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And what's so funny is we hear that word and we're like, oh, I hate it when the Holy Spirit convicts me. Can I just tell you? No, you don't. No, you don't. Because the only thing he convicts you of is stuff that if you don't stop doing it, you're going to destroy your life. Now, yes, your flesh is going, no, I love this. And hopefully you're a little stronger inside and go, yeah, and you're messing up my life. And the Holy Spirit comes in and goes, stop doing don't do that. But you guys, it's a spirit of conviction, not condemnation. And this is so important because Romans 8.1, where am I? There it is. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, and that's why I'm saying you need to understand the spirit of God's voice. Because his spirit will come in, and yes, he will point out your sin. He will speak truth to you. And he, you ever read Jesus? He's very strong. Very strong. He doesn't budge. He will speak the truth. But he will not. If you're already forgiven of all your sin, he will not be condemning you. Condemning you shames you. And there's no shame because all of our sin is forgiven if you're in Christ. Got to know the spirit of his voice. Last one is the spirit of encouragement. The Bible tells us that God is the God of endurance and encouragement. Romans 15, 13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. When God, God is a God of hope. If, I tell you, when he's speaking, he will encourage you. He will not discourage you. And I'm gonna tell you, man, how many times have you been in church or, or just as a follower and you feel discouraged? I, I mean, God is a God of hope. If you have voices in your head and they're leading you to despair, anybody have those voices? Man, I I do. And what's crazy is I'll actually think they're God. I I still do. I still need people telling me the truth because I I mess up and I screw up and then this voice comes in and just says, man, I'm so fed up with you. I thought you were okay, but I'm, I'm so dumb with you, Nelson. And then I look at my life and I go, yeah, you should be, you're right. Is that God? No. But I know in this room, almost every one of you, if you're a normal human being, hears discouraging, despairing voices. And because he's a holy God, we think that's our God. No. Now, God is holy, and he demands righteousness because he loves you. So he'll convict you. All right? So there we go. The spirit of his voice. The quality of his voice is the other way you can tell if it's him. Matthew 7, 29, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as the other teachers of their law. See, all these other teachers, they knew tons of stuff, man, and they were spouting it off. But you know what they were spouting off? They were sharing what they thought about the law. 
Jesus got up and he goes, no, I actually am the law. I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. When God speaks, you guys, and this is great, I love this. Dallas Willard says, the quality of God's voice is more a matter of a certain weight or impact of the impression that its communication has on your conscience when he communicates with you. In other words, when, God's, when there's a thought from God, it feels, dif- it feels different. It's heavier in your conscience. E. Stanley Jones says this, perhaps the rough distinction is the voice of the subconscious, which is us, argues with you. It tries to convince you. But the inner voice of God does not argue. It does not try to convince you. It just speaks. And it is self-authenticating. It has the feel of the voice of God within it. I'm telling you, if you're a sheep, can I just say, if you're a sheep, you will know when you're thinking and when God gives you a thought. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? If you're a sheep, you don't, because you know the voice of God. It's heavy. It has a weight to it. Number four, how do I know if it's the voice of God? You know, by the purpose of his voice. See, when God speaks, it almost always is to move us. It's almost always because God's working, man. He wants to do stuff. And so he's, again, faith without action is dead. So when God is speaking to us, it's usually because he wants us to take a step of faith. And because if we take a step of faith, then we experience God. And if we experience him, if we follow Jesus, then we have eternal life. And we come alive. You guys, we come alive when we pay attention to his voice. Philippians 2.13 says, for it is God who works in you. Okay. So that's how it starts. God works in you. He works in your thoughts. He speaks to you. He's moving inside of you. But why? To will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Oh, you guys, you come alive. You come alive when you pay attention to the voice of God. Why? Because God's changing the world. God's loving people. And when he speaks to you, he wants you to join him. And all of a sudden, you come alive because you're in step with the Spirit. And this Bible tells us, since we, we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how can you know if God's saying something to you? He probably is asking you to do something. Okay? And here's number five. How can I know if it's the voice of God? By the opposition of his voice. This is, this is one for me. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is one way you can tell. Here's a hint how you can know it's the voice of God. Lots of times, his thoughts come out of left field. You ever, you ever been doing that? Like you're thinking about something and you're thinking about something and all of a sudden, flunk! Like, okay, where'd that come from? God had a thought. The Spirit's inside of you. The Spirit took that thought and gave it to you. Now here's the crazy thing. <laughs> and his thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are my ways your ways. And I want to tell you, this is one of the, many times I know it's the voice of God because I don't want to do it. Yeah, some of you know that too, huh? I'm telling you this, man. When God tells me to do something because he's holy and I'm not, because I'm selfish and I'm fearful and I'm anxious, that's why the Bible says don't be afraid more than anything else. Because when God tells people to do stuff, they're like, no, it's probably him. (laughs) Okay? 
That's how one of the ways you can know it's God. Now make sure it lines up with scripture, but he's probably going to oppose your flesh. And here's the last one. How can I know it's the voice of God? The affirmation of his voice. Paul, after, when he was Saul, and, this, and Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and blinded him, um, he went away. This is crazy. He actually went away by himself. And he says, and I didn't check in with any person. And then he said, I got this revelation from God. But he wanted to make sure that the revelation from God was actually from God. See, so sometimes when you're hearing a voice, a really wise thing to do is go, okay, I think I need to check with somebody else who actually knows God too and get some affirmation that this is actually his voice. Look at what Paul did in, in Galatians 2 2. She says, So I went in response to a revelation. Okay, God had spoken to me. And meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders. So he went with Peter, okay, at the church in Jerusalem. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. And I wanted to be sure I was not running and had been running my race in vain. I love it. So Paul's like, okay, this is. Okay, this is what I'm doing, man. I want to make sure that what I'm hearing is from God. So I'm going to go to my leaders and ask. And Rut used this when he said this. I say this all the time. One of the most important things you can do to make sure it's the voice of God is go ask some other people. And they need to be people who love you, but they love Jesus more. You need to go to people who are mature in their faith, who've been walking with him for a long time, that you can trust, who can help you discern if this is the spirit or not. So there you go, man. There's six things right there for you. Post those, put them on your fridge, stick them on your mirror, put them wherever you need to go. But here's what I want to tell you. Band, come on up as we close. Here's what I want to tell you. God loved you so much. Love is relational. He loved you so much that he sent Jesus to forgive you of all of your sin to reconcile, the scripture says, to reconcile, that's a relational term, to reconcile you back to God, to put his spirit inside you so that you could have a relationship with him, so that you could hear his voice, so that you could actually follow him, so that he could give you eternal life, so that he could give you himself so that you would not walk another day on this planet doing your own thing, trying to make life work, trying to be good enough. No, that's not how it works. You receive the Spirit, and the Spirit gives you the thoughts of God. And Jesus says, and if you hear those thoughts, if you hear my voice and you follow me, you're going to come alive. You will come alive because you're going to be with me. And that's eternal life. You know me. You experience me when you follow me. That's life. And you guys, uh, that's, that's, that's all. We're, every day we're here. Every day we gather together. Everything in Life Together groups. Everything we're going to do here. We are going to try to equip you the best we can to help you know how to know God. Not know about him. Know him how to walk in faith and love with him so that you experience him, how to hear his voice through the word, through the scripture, how to hear his voice through the spirit, and then you do what he says and you follow him.
and your life gets connected with God and you come alive. So real quick as we close, there's just two things, applications for you. Number one, draw near to God. Draw near to God. Draw near to God. The only reason you know anybody intimately because you spend a lot of time with them and you have deep, honest conversations with them. That's who you know intimately. Be here every week. Get in a Life Together group during the week and learn how to be with him every morning. Read your scripture. Way to go, the 192 of you. Do it and let him speak to you and pray. Go back and listen to our series on that. Draw near to God. And then the only other thing, the only other application is do what he told you to do. Some of you, you're sitting here all morning and you know what? He's already told you what to do. You know what you're supposed to do. The Spirit's been speaking to you. He's been telling you stuff. Either telling you, stop, stop, stop. Warning you, or come on, man, do this. Reach out, follow me, take the step. And man, as we sing this final song together, again, I love the fact we've cleared out this front row and we just created this space for you. If any of you just need to go, man, I've been hearing God and I'm, I want to come alive. I'm not alive. By the way, you don't, you're not alive if you're not walking with him. So if you want to be alive and you know what he's asking you to do, maybe you just come down here, do some business with him and make your decision to say, I hear you, God, I'm going to follow you. I hear your voice, Jesus. I'm going to follow you. Why? Because I want to come alive. I want to know you. All right? Let's stand together. Let's worship. And let's engage with our living God.